following as always i'm danny you can find me over on instagram as at a novel evening podcast and the same over on tiktok uh, i hope you're all doing well um again i'm still surviving the summer uh, not that we've had much of one but i'm hanging in here <laughs> to the best of my ability um but i'm very excited because this week i am joined by diana jenny whose newest novel came out in April. It's called A Man of Understanding, and it's such a beautiful story. Um, I cannot, cannot stress enough. Um, I'm also a massive fan of poetry. Um, I don't think many people know that about me. I love poetry, and this book infuses poetry into it in a way unlike anything I've ever read before. It's so beautifully written. I cannot wait to ask her so many questions about this book and find out what she's going to bring to her novel evening. So a huge hello to Diana. Hello. Oh, hello, D Danny. It's nice to meet you. It's good to be on the show. Oh, thank you so much for joining me. And I'm just admiring your beautiful garden and the sunshine that's setting behind you. Uh, it looks beautiful where you are. Thank you. It is. It's 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 a lovely place to live. It's in it, uh, and it's been a fabulous day. So uh, nice to enjoy some sunshine. Oh, at last. <laughs> <laughs> We've needed some sunshine. And of course, I don't know if this you're is your... Some... Yeah, you're going to have some more sunshine later. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. And where you are right now, no, obviously, I'm, I'm... Just... Yeah. can't see it. But, uh, but uh, in, it's... The, in the setting... Yeah, for the for the novel for the novel evening setting, it's going to be it's um, going to be somewhere similarly warm. Just to, just I thought I'd mention that at the outset. <laughs> oh well, we need we need warmth right now. <laughs> yeah, we'll have it. We'll have it. Okay, and I was going to ask: Is this where you do your writing in this lovely setting? I do my writing all, in all manner of settings. Um, I'm 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 not one of those writers that need a specific place and a, and a particularly calm, quiet environment to write. I've written in all manner of situations. I've written when the house has been flooded with a boiler bursting and there's been workmen all over the house. So uh, I, I write on 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 trains sometimes. Uh, all, all manner of diff different places that I write. And I'm very good at, at, at just blocking out anything that's going on around me. I've got really strong focus. I think it probably comes from being playing table tennis, actually. I play table tennis quite a bit. And um, uh, I learned to win tournaments by being able to block out what's going on around you and ignore other people's supporters and just get on and focusing on what you're doing. And uh, it was quite a good life lesson. And um, so I think, yeah, all that sort of thing, just it's, it helps a lot. And having been been a barrister, being at the bar, you've got to do the same thing, block out everything other than addressing the judge uh, yeah. or, or uh, whoever um, is in, in, the, in the witness box. So I've had quite a good number of life lessons as, as to how to, to, uh, to focus. Oh, because I was going to say your book, so A Man of Understanding, your latest novel, it's a very calm and very tranquil book as you're reading it. So I can't imagine you writing that surrounded by chaos. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, um, that particular, that this particular one, A Man of Understanding, um, if you're probably right. There wasn't so, so, so much. It was, it was, um, I, I did quite a lot of um, editing. I always think it's very important to edit over and over and over until, until you know that your characters have said everything that yeah. they need to say. I'm very much, I'm very much um, persuaded by the idea that the, the characters have to talk to you and you have to be, if they haven't got anything to say to you, then um, I will move on to a different character and I will abandon that, that poor, poor character. Um, but it is, it's very important that you have this relationship between you. Um, and with a man of understanding, there are such really strong characters with Horatio Hennessy, this enigmatic uh, philosopher poet. Um, he, he just draws people to him with his with his knowledge of, 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 of philosophy, knowledge of aesthetics, the arts generally, and and just just life experiences that have led him to be a pretty wise guy. Although he's, he's rather flawed as well at the same time. 
Um, and um, uh, so he, yeah, he spoke to me. He would not stop speaking to me. And um, uh, and um, and Blue, uh, his 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 twelve year old grandson, who he suddenly finds that he has to he has to uh, be guardian for after uh, uh, Blue's uh, the parents have tragically died before the, the novel begins in a in a car accident. Um, and he's sent off to the mountains of Mallorca to live with this with, with this guy. He's, he's never met his grandfather before. Has no idea why. And so a new country hasn't travelled really barely at all, just to Cornwall and Jersey. And here he is in in, in the mountains of Mallorca with this guy who's just he's awestruck by him. And um, so they they this kind of both spoke to me and said what the, what they had to say and. Mallorca had been such a strong influence on me. Um, I've been there very many times to the particular area that I based uh, a man of understanding on in the in the north, in the mountains, uh, in the mountains, and just at the sort of foot of the Serra de Tramontana uh, mountain range. And it just seemed like such a, a wonderful work of art. Um, and it has drawn uh, uh, artists of all various art forms to it for generations. So D.H. Lawrence, Robert Graves uh, by Claudius, wow. uh, Georges Sand and, and, and Chopin, they've all lived in, in this particular area. And that was sort of a motivation really for writing the book is what is it about this amazing magical place that draws people in the arts to it? And I've always been interested in the arts and aesthetics since um, my uh, days as um, uh, many years as a philosophy um, undergraduate and postgraduate. My, my postgraduate thesis was on um, aesthetics, uh, uh, specifically on, on um, Immanuel Kant and David Hume, the um, yes. uh, two 18th century philosophers. And um, so I was interested in what is a judgment of taste and um, what is it for something to be beautiful? And the two sort of uh, blended well together, this, this yeah. question about, about the beauty of, of the north of Mallorca and my, my background in, in uh, knowledge and interest in, in aesthetics. And Horatio was the perfect character to, to carry on that debate into a novel. I was going to ask which character had come first for you, but where did Horatio, did you draw on any inspiration for Horatio? Uh, no, he's, he's really unique, actually. I can't, he, I didn't draw on, there's a little bit of both of my grandfathers in him. Um, my, uh, one uh, of my grandfathers I never met, he, he died before um, I was born, before my parents were married. Um, when my father was just 21 and um, wow. but he he had been a, a clergyman as had my my father um, and he he wrote poetry in the form of hymns actually and he was very musical wow. as well he played the piano and wrote music too and apparently he had this wonderful joie de vivre about him um, and uh, was very intelligent like Horatio you know having done um a degree in, in theology, um, oh. like my father, both of them would know about uh, Hebrew and Greek and Latin and um, and uh, elements of philosophy. Um, and so uh, the, the, I did draw on how I imagined him having never met him to be. But even when I was doing that, I realized that there was something very different about Horatio. My, my, my grandfather, I did know there were small elements. So he came from a fishing village like Horatio did. Um, he'd been in the army. Uh, both of my grandparents uh, my, 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 had been in the forces, my, uh, the army and the navy. Um, he played the mouth organ like, like, like Horatio does. Mad, madly in love with his wife like Horatio had been. So... But, but the fundamental character of Horatio, uh, I mean, there's got to be bits of me, uh, you know, there's bits of me in as much as we have shared interests <laughs> in, yeah. um, in, in Kant and human aesthetics. Aristotle is, is a favorite philosopher of mine too. 
I obviously like writing poetry. I've written poetry in this book. I, I wrote poetry in my previous book as well, um, The Infinite Wisdom of Harriet Rosen. It was very successfully uh, um, um, appreciated there. And um, go on, yeah. I was going to say, obviously, yeah, poetry is something that obviously is such a fundamental part of, of this book, especially. And what do you think it is that you've, that you've called upon to pull that through? What is it that was important to you to include poetry in, in this book and your previous book? Yeah, well, I think that that um, it, it, it adds an element to poetry by having the characters that you, that you know, you know, you understand them, their life experiences, you understand their, their um, uh, emotions, what they're going through. And um, so then you then when when the reader reads the poems, they get a, they get a stronger level, a deeper level of understanding of what it is that they're saying, and it moves them. Often people are talking about how much it, uh, the book moves them to tears and the, the, the poetry, and it, it it's it's a little bit like some of the nineteenth century. Um, Artists, I don't know whether they do these, but they would, they would, uh, some of them would want to have little sort of autobiographies in catalogues um, that would be displayed in their art exhibitions alongside their work, so that people similarly got a feel for yeah. them as individuals and their experiences while they were looking at, at the at the art at their artwork. And for me, my writing of poetry is, is, is similar to that. So um, it just, as I said, gives that extra extra depth when people people um, can understand it at a different level. Um, and um, some people, even that have never uh, been frightened off by collections of poems, they they find themselves loving the poetry um, when they when they when they as, uh, in the circumstances of it being being in a novel. Yeah, I was gonna say it makes it so much more accessible. I think, like you said, I think sometimes you've got a a volume of poems, it can be quite intimidating to dive into if it's not something you've read. Was when it's included in a novel, it makes it immediately accessible. Yes, you sometimes don't know where it's coming from. Of course, you can look it up and you can learn more about about the about the poet, um, um, and it's interesting a journey to do that. But but when it, when both are, when you've got the novel and uh, with it and the poems at the same time it just it just it just makes it makes it interesting I mean there's about 20 21 poems in the whole book um it's uh, there's not huge numbers of, of, of poems but I I I, I, I I I find it interesting to write them so that obviously there's going to be a difference between the poems of somebody as as learned and a published poet like, like Horatio who's has had this this uh, wonderful book verses of a solitary fellow published that the blue stumbles upon by chance and is fascinated by and it breaks down their sort of emotional barriers of communication by uh, uh, the, the the work prior to him finding this book so once he's once he's found this and he reads about his experiences in, in wartime as a, as a soldier never knew he'd been a soldier sees how he felt about watching his comrades die wondering whether they question as he does sometimes whether he's doing the right thing whether man just feels the need sometimes to fight and all these questions are going on inside so, and he sees he essentially sees Horatio uh, opening up when he reads these poems. He can't wait to read more and find out more and more about this guy who's had so many different experiences in life, yeah. and he wants to share them with his best friend. And you know, there are lots of different characters and lots of mysteries to, to be resolved there, and secrets that come out that um, make a difference to both of their lives because they're both suffering loss um, in different ways. And loss is a theme that does come in, into my writing. And as I say, Horatio is such a, a strong character and it sounds like you drew from different areas for him and he kind of came into your brain as a very strong character. Where did Blue come from for you? Did you always know this relationship was gonna happen for Horatio? Was that the plot from the beginning? Where did Blue come from? I think, um... Blue probably on my in my previous novel I'd written about um, a, a girl who'd lost her father and was brought up by her mother and grandmother. Um, the girl is Harriet Rose, a teenager. And um, when I was writing that, um, I, I'd, I'd been pregnant and I'd, I'd had a miscarriage. And while I was pregnant, I was wondering what this girl was going to be like. 
And um, uh, I didn't know that it was going to be a girl, but that was my first question. I had a, I had a feeling it might be. And I, I thought, God, you know, what if I, while pregnant, what if I, what if I can't stand it? What if we just don't get on? <laughs> you can't send, send her back and we're stuck yeah. with each other, you know? I mean, I'm <laughs> worked out like that, but it, it did cross my mind at one time. Yeah. And then I sadly had a miscarriage. And, um, and then after that, I began to ask myself that same questions. What sort of girl would I have got on with? And Harriet Rose, was that girl? I was interviewed once. I'd just done a, a Radio 4 open book interview with Mariella Fostrop, and I was interviewed immediately after that. And, and this journalist said, 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 asked me the, uh, about how, as I mentioned, about the, having had a miscarriage in this way I've just mentioned to you. And she said, Well, for somebody who was trying to describe what her, her ideal daughter would be like, Harriet Rose sounds remarkably like Diana herself. <laughs> and um, I said, <laughs> you, you do do that you know you write you write um especially early on you write um from you from a lot of from your own experiences and to, to answer your question then about blue it, it it is possible that blue is that son that I never had that I wondered what he would be like and who I would get on with and you know, I love the characters in A Man of Understanding. I I, I love them all. I, I miss it terribly when I finished it, and uh, I would love to 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 meet them. You know, um, and yeah, there were just little bits in the book, like the drum. There's a blue drum kit um, that the, the parents had gone out to buy for Blue, just and that's how they ended up with the day before his birthday, his birthday present in the back of the car when they crashed, yeah. and he's left with this drum with not wanting to, to do anything with it. And um, I remember when I when I was pregnant, seeing a blue drum kit in a department store. Peter Jones in London, lived in London at the time, in, in, the, in, the, in the window there, and wondering whether this, this drum kit might, might be played by the child I was carrying. So um, it, 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 you can see little traits like that that suggest that that might be what I was thinking of when I when I created Blue, as as, as Horatio calls him, he, he began his life as Rufus, but uh, yeah. various reasons that become apparent in the book, he changed his his name. Yeah, and I mean, as you've said, this book draws a lot on loss. Uh, did it ever feel like a heavy book to write for you? Uh, um, it, what do you mean by heavy? Uh, as you were writing it because the themes of loss are in there did you ever find it difficult to kind of write or did you find that as you were writing you know because obviously it covers darker themes in there as well you know there are secrets there are you know family issues that that arise did you find that at any point difficult yes. to put to put onto paper I find it yeah I, I find it I find it moving in parts writing it as people have said that they've been moved by it, reading it and um it's it, 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 it I, I embrace being moved because I think you've got to say something important my the whole ethos of my writing is you've got to say something that gets to people's souls makes people think original characters and and um if if people aren't being moved by what they've got to say then either they're missing something or I'm missing something and um I, I like to think it would be the latter <laughs> but uh, so um uh, yeah I, I I don't because of the way I approach loss I I, I like to treat loss as something that it, it, it's not something to overcome and move on from but it's something that you embrace and you grow from because it's in times of loss that you, you that you really abandon what's trivial in your life and you if there's anything trivial in your life you abandon but you you want to focus on what what really really matters what 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 are we all here for what what are relationships about what is this loss that I'm feeling what is love all about and you can turn that into something positive there's a, the, the, in the essence of a legacy that's 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 that, that, that's given you by virtue of 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 of, yeah. of the loss, and I think that, that, that Horatio is such an optimistic person in many ways, and he wants to give to his grandson that carpe diem of Horace, you know, his namesake. 
He wants yeah. to get him to embrace life and all life's challenges. And um, and that's what he sets sets himself out to do, taking on taking him on this aesthetic journey of all the various arts, particularly poetry and also philosophy, with Aristotle as his, his role model. Um, yeah. Aristotle had uh, been orphaned at about the same age as Blue, um, oh. and he'd been brought up by a guardian as well, who was his uncle, um, Foxinus, and he 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 taught Aristotle as well as uh, philosophy, poetry. Uh, so there's immediately a similarity between yeah. the two, which which Blue really appreciates, loves that, you know, and um, and and of course Aristotle's philosophy is, is so fantastic there's so many different areas that that he can learn from that Horatio wants to teach him to the ex to the extent when they get to the point where Blue is asking questions of Horatio Horatio is struggling to answer and has to go away and look up books on, uh, on Nicomachean ethics to find the answers to but what questions they are I mean they're really important questions yeah. um, um, about love and um, virtue um, Yes, I really loved. Uh, I recently I lost my grandfather a year ago, um, and I was very close to my grandfather. And I I really did love this kind of building of this relationship between them. I thought was so beautifully captured, um, mm -hmm. and also navigating that loss together. I thought was was so beautifully done. Um, so I I just have to say that because as someone you know, I lost lost my grandfather, and it was it was a very difficult time. But I, again, I do agree with the kind of the, the take on loss, and that it isn't something you have to move past necessarily but like you say it's something you can grow from and I really did think that was beautifully written in the book thank you thank you um yeah I really appreciate it when people tell me that that they have uh, got something out of that because that's what it's 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 all about really it's um, yeah. getting to pe getting to people and getting them to think about something perhaps differently from the the way they've thought about it before yeah. Um, oh absolutely absolutely and my big question whether you can answer it but it's how do you now follow a book like this are you working on anything at the moment or what's what comes next for you yeah I'm 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 working on on two books and I, I can't wow. decide <laughs> I can't decide which one to 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 progress first really so um all I can say is that again it's it's thought-provoking and they're they're very original characters um and uh um and and it and it's and and both of them have very moving moving uh plots oh. um, is it is it which characters will call to you as to which one you'll continue with do you think yeah absolutely yeah that's they, you've got it exactly right those so you, you've got to they they will determine it yeah the characters will determine it you oh. try i mean Follow the roots of what they've got, what, what, which way it's going. Um, little little details that you imagine. What sort of, you know, what is what sort of person is this Horatio? Yeah. Seeming like somebody who would love poetry, then you get the whole line on poetry. You, you find a place like Mallorca, and you think, what really inspires me about Mallorca? Yeah, it's it's the it's the beauty, it's the art form, it's what is what is beauty. How do we get from a subjective judgment that something is beautiful to to it being um, intersubjectively valid? I mean, how we we can't. We all know that the, that there was that some things are just genius of works of yeah. art of, of different art forms. You can't have um, a poem printed in a greetings card that can be said to be at the same level as a Browning. Or it, it, yeah. we know that there are differences, and it's it's how, how you get there, and and um, it's what the Horatio is very interested in is that aftertaste. That we get that aftertaste when we've listened to some beautiful music, we've read a beautiful book, we put it down, read a beautiful poem, and then it leaves something, doesn't it? It leaves something yeah. behind. It, it's it, when it lingers, yeah. It lingers, and you, and you know, and and it's not something that you can analyze. You can't necessarily put it into words. It's something beyond that, and. Um, that that aftertaste carries through into the, into a beautiful place like like uh, New York and the south of France where they go to as well, and even with people, you know, you meet people yeah. and, and get a 
you, you get that feeling of aftertaste, you know, when you leave Dubai sometimes. Mm. So you've you've mentioned briefly with our novel weaving that we're going to be going somewhere warm. And I feel like we're going to be, you seem like a person that's got a lot to draw on from this novel evening. Um, <laughs> so I feel like you're going to bring something different tonight. Because I think, you know, you obviously adore philosophy. You obviously are very well read. You love the arts. So I feel like we could get something very special this evening. Oh, I hope you like it. I hope you like our trip <laughs> together. Are you ready? <laughs> I Have am ready. I oh well, I need do I need it? I'm assuming now yeah, I need my passport. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So where are you where are you taking me to? Well, I mean, I thought of so many different places, but I thought, well, where do I feel completely drawn to myself that I would love to be there? And I I, I can't wait to go back, as it were, into my imagination. It has to be the, the Finca, the Finca Vieja um, in, in Mallorca that, that oh. Horatio converted, um, restored with his own hands, a uh, 300-year-old year Finca, um, um, surrounded by the beauty that is the, the uh, Mallorca, the, 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 the mountains all around enclosing them, the, the, the pine forests, the amber sunlight, the, the, the aroma uh, from, the, from the herbs and the flowers, uh, the palm trees waving hello uh, or goodbye, depending on your perspective, the, uh, the, 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 the intertwined olive trees with the shared roots and uh, embracing one another, uh, the little church almost at the summit of the medieval village, this glimpse of the sea, um so it it had it had to be there oh, you set the scene beautifully <laughs> i can picture it so clearly and i've never been to new yorker haven't you so no, i have no. not it's on my list i would um, love to go yeah it's it, it and really now i can <laughs> now you're going now you're going now Just i'm going <laughs> okay so okay <laughs> so uh, I, I mean I don't know who's 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 hosting it me or, or Horatia I think it will have to be uh, co-hosts because I cannot be there and you cannot be there without being greeted by this uh, uh, by this amazing man really and uh, um, he'll raise his trilby to us both I'm sure when when we when we arrive or oh I love that image I love it. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so, uh, yeah, and, and champagne will be flowing oh. from arrival for the rest of the evening because it's really a celebration. My, this, this, this novel evening is a celebration of, 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 lit, of literature um, oh. and, and, and thought-provoking literature and uh, interesting characters. And so it will be there. Blue won't be there in, as, uh, in, as in as much as we won't be able to meet him because he's very different in character from Horatio. He's not yep. the extrovert that Horatio is. He's, he's an introverted 12 year old, very intelligent, sensitive boy. And so yep. he will be hiding. He cannot bear it when Horatio brings him out and says, have you met my grandson? And he stands there very embarrassed. So he will be in the thinker, no question. Yep. There and he'll be there behind one of the, the great big windows that look out over the pine forest, but, um, um, perhaps hiding behind one of the green shutters or peeping through it anyway. And oh. listening to every single word that Horatio says and, and as much as he can of, of, of the guests as well. Guests. Okay, so our guests. Who's the first person who's going to arrive? Well, we will. I mean, first of all, he's going. <laughs> he's going to. We've got to be there for anyone. And he's going. He's going to want to know. Of course, from me, he's going to want to know. Does he live up to my high expectations? Yes, that's <laughs> very true. Is did and what? How how are the readers getting him? Is he is he part of a modern day classic? Is he going to be written out at any time in the future? Um, yeah, um, yeah, he's going to want to know whether my interests are the same as his, uh, whether I'm um, um, fascinated by Aristotle, Kant and Hume, whether I love Miro's art and Kandinsky's and Van Gogh's. Um, um, have I suffered loss, you know, um, uh, the way we were talking earlier? And if so, has he been created out of my 
born of my loss, essentially. And he's going to want to know um, whether I can find a husband for his sister Lucinda to get her off his, <laughs> get her off his back. Can you do that, please? <laughs> <laughs> he's going to he's going to want to know if he's going to be eternal, uh, because if if he's eternal, then he he won't get to heaven. But does he want to go to heaven? He seems to have lost his faith since since yeah. um, uh, Sophia, his wife, died so long ago. Um, it turned him away from religion, having been a, a, a clergyman before she she they met. Does he want? Does he does he want to? Does he want to experience a heaven or would he rather be eternally a 70-year-old, very intelligent man living with his grandson? But I think that he would want to move on to something different eventually. And yeah. that brings in the very first um, guest, other than us, I'm not discounting us, <laughs> the first guest will be somebody who is equally uh, fascinated by thought-provoking material, somebody who has been um, lost his faith but has regained it, somebody who doesn't give a toss about other what other people think about him. Uh, even his acquaintances uh, can frown on him, but if he thinks he's doing the right thing, he will do it. And that is uh, C.S. Lewis. Oh, okay. And Clive Staples Lewis, known to his friends as Jack, after his a do dog, uh, Jaxi, uh, who died when he was a little boy. Um, so as soon as his, as soon as he, his his dog died, he wanted to be called Jack, and it was uh, that from then onwards. And you have to admire a man who will call himself after his dead dog, don't you? Oh, I did not know that. Oh, that's that's beautiful. for that alone, really, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, I did. That's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and um, so they will have, they will discuss, because C.S. Lewis had had this a beautiful relationship with the lady that he married, Joy, and wrote yeah. about, um, and uh, so he will want to know what they can discuss together, what it's like, um, um, and an afterlife, is there an afterlife, has he met with, with Joy, what, what, all those questions that 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 uh, debate he would discuss perhaps uh, C.S. Lewis's book *The Four Loves*, where he talks about the four different types of love based on what the the, the, the Greeks conceived as as our word love to be, with um, affection, friendship, eros, charity um, being the four loves that C.S. Lewis describes. Um, so there'll be a lot of discussion about about love going on there. Oh, I'm already. I just want to sit and listen already. We've only got you know <laughs> two people and, and us. I'm not. I'm not getting involved in this. I just want to listen. <laughs> well, it would be fascinating to hear them uh, talking together, and they both have a great sense of humour, ready wit as well. Um, and they like to talk about the screw tape letters. I don't know if you've read the screw tape letters. No, I haven't. We take letters is, is written in a novel form um, and it's 31 letters written by Screwtape, who is a senior demon um, of the um, lowerarchy of hell. Uh, so he his 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 nephew is called Wormwood. All the letters, all 31 letters are letters from Screwtape, senior devil to um to uh mentoring his his nephew wormwood and um, they wormwood has in mind trying to capture the soul of uh, um, a, a young chap uh who by by letter two is already converted to christianity so he thinks that what wormwood is really doing badly here um, and and as, as as it progresses, he 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 uses these letters. C.S. Lewis uses these letters just to bring out. It's a sort of a Christian apologetic novel, really, uh, to, to bring out what temptation is. He chastises uh, his nephew all the time for just trying to just throw just too much wickedness, too much sin at at at, at, at this put this poor chap on earth. And he's uh, he's saying to him. You know, you've got to be a little bit more subtle. You, you've got to get, <laughs> if you want to capture a soul, you've got to do it more subtly than you're doing. You've got to do it 
drip feed it, drip feed all the negative, drip feed all the all the sin in, in into his into his soul if you if you're going to end up eating it. So that's the way they go on, um, and he he just the, the, all the way through. It's the enemy is God, um, and the 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 chap whose soul he's uh, the wormwood is trying to capture um, um, is is referred to simply as the patient. Um, I've written and, this uh, down because this sounds great. <laughs> It is. It's a really, it's a really interesting. And can't you imagine Horatio being interested in, in, in partaking in conversation about that 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 novel? Oh, absolutely. Um, now, whoever you bring next, it has got to get into this conversation because these are two formidable figures chattering away here. Yes. Well, the next person has got to be Aristotle because oh. I mean, Aristotle is a great favorite of Horatio. Yep great favourite of Blue's, great favourite of mine. And I don't know whether he might be a favourite of yours, but hopefully by the end of the evening, if he's not to begin with- He, he best be, be by the end, yes, <laughs> <laughs> he will be. And, um, and they can talk about um, virtue. Uh, uh, they can talk about many things. I mean, Aristotle is the thinker. He set the yeah. ball rolling for, for being, you know, for, for, for present day thinking, really. And uh, his, but his, his Nicomachean and ethics I'm particularly fond of. And um, as in the book, uh, Horatio explains to Blue what the golden mean is all about. It's hitting mm -hmm. the midway balance between excess and defect, as he calls it, to extreme on the one hand, too much, too little on the other. So he takes the example of, courage and says if, if if it's if you have too much courage then um you you, you are reckless which isn't yep. work. if you have too little you're a coward which um it, again isn't virtuous so you've, you've got to get it exactly right and blue um thinks about this and then asks uh horatio but but uh but what about love if you if you love someone to excess or thinking probably about his parents but at that particular moment particularly about his um, grandfather who he's fearing he was going to lose um, and so it, it, it can, is it possible to love someone too much is it a sin to, to be extreme mm. um, and it, it took me a while to answer that myself because I didn't have an answer when he when he asked that question I didn't know what the answer was uh, so I had to go back to all of my Aristotle books not just Nicomachean and ethics um, um, on friendship, but lots of different articles that uh, that, have, that have been written by prominent people about. Because as I was saying earlier, you don't, you, love isn't the same thing when we say love. That's what C.S. Lewis yeah. he was trying to get to with his with his um, affection, um, 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 eros, friendship, charity. You getting to the, so those Greek definitions, and so there would be immediately something fascinating. For those two to be talking about what yeah. what is what is love, um, and um, and um, so I think that they would that they he would add very well to that to, to that conversation. I agree. I think he he would hold his own. He would he come would. into this, and I think he would just add. Yeah, he would. He would. He would add. He would add a great deal. And if this, if you if if you don't learn from Aristotle, then you might as well be dead, really. So, um, but then I suppose he is, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's true. <laughs> we, have to, we have to revive him for the purposes of the evening. Right? So, we, we have magic at our fingertips for this. We, we do, can do we reviving. Do. We do. Okay. Do you We've have anyone else one. coming? Um, well, there's got to be a poet, hasn't there? Uh, there does, really. Um, I was torn between two. Uh, one um, uh, one um, was Ovid because, um, of course, Ovid's metamorphoses, his epic poem, is all of yeah. uh, you know is is still the one of the most important documents we have about Greek yeah. and Roman mythology, and Greek and Roman mythology was something that fascinated C.S. Lewis when he was in his early days, uh, when he lost his faith. It was all Greek and Roman mythology mm. and the occult. And so that would be very interesting. And it would also be interesting for Horatio to see 
whether um, Ovid thought that he had gone through a sort of a, a metamorphosis himself mm. in the form of uh, his various careers from soldier uh, to clergyman to uh, restorer of, of, of buildings to hotelier because he turns yeah. Sophia's family estate into a hotel in the south of France um, uh, uh, to poet to philosopher, to mentor for for twelve year old Blue. I mean, there's quite a lot of metamorphoses going on there, if you like. Yeah. And and, and Ovid's experiences as well was unusual in as much as it was sort of around about ten years before his life, he was exiled. He was exiled from the Rome that he'd always known and loved, with all its finery and a very yeah. existence to um and the the beautiful Latin language to the untamed life as exiled to this little tiny village um, on the edge of the Black Sea um, by Augustus because he'd somehow upset Augustus. No one's quite sure how he did it, whether it was in one of his poems or it's something more personal than that, but he could sometimes be irreverent in his poems. So he, there he is horrified that he can't communicate with you. It's just simply a hundred huts that they, they were living in. Wow. And desperately tried to get back, but never did. He died. It was called Thomas. It's what's now uh, um, Romania. Wow. Okay. And so, he, yeah, he died there. And there was a, a beautiful book. It's one of my favorite novels written by um, somebody called David Malouf, called An, An Imaginary Life. And he, it's all about Ovid in exile. And he he, he he creates this story around his time there where, where he has um, Ovid eventually loving his life there, even though he, he, he eventually he learns to speak their language. And in fact, he actually did write a poem in their language, in reality, wow. in, in, in David Malouf's book. But uh, did he, did he really come to, to feel Love that it. this was more important to him than Rome? Or did he always want to get back to Rome? And only Ovid can answer that. So I would be interested to hear what he had to say about that. That he, he wanted at our, at our lovely uh, dinner, which, by the way, is going to be cooked by Raymond Blanc. Because oh, perfect, yep. Yeah, uh, food, uh, gourmet food is very important. I mean, in my book, it's important because um, it's, it's, it's the starting point for this journey into aesthetics, into appreciation of the arts. Because Horatio believes, like David Hume would believe, that a good palate is the start of that journey because... You learn to pick out flavors. You, know, yeah. you hold intense reductions on the tongue. Um, you, uh, you you can tell you know, which herbs, which spices are in food, and all of that is like what you do in literature, and poetry, and music. So it's an initiation into that journey, that aesthetic journey. So it's 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 vitally important. So Raymond Blanc's got to be there. Um, yeah. I met him recently, actually. Because um, he had a, it was, it, my birthday happens to be on Bastille Day, French Independence. Oh, uh, wow. And so every year he has this garden party at the Manoir Catcher Saison um, uh, um, uh, to celebrate. So uh, my husband and I thought, well, why not, why not go there and, and, and celebrate my birthday at the same time? <laughs> and oh. so it was lovely, it was a lovely thing to do. And um, uh, fabulous food, of course. Uh, Flowing yep. champagne. So he, he's got to come and, and do the same thing for us tonight. Oh, my goodness. So we've got a small circle. Have you got anyone else? Or is it this intimate dinner party? Or have you got some other people you're thinking? Um, I mean, I said Ovid or Horace would be the other. Would be the okay. Other. I mean, because he's, he's, he's Horatio's namesake, because uh, he would be there with his... He, you know, how, what better than to have Horace himself declaring carpe diem and nunc est bibendum as he, as he lifts a glass of champagne, you know. So um, he, he would be an interesting, he would be an interesting person to have there. Um, but the, but um, let's stick to Ovid because we don't want two poets that both sort of uh, wrote un, under Augustus. <clears throat> yeah. We don't really want too much competition going on there. So uh, as a final, as a final duo, um, oh. the guests will have to fall from the sky. And as a clue in that, again, oh. one, of, one of them is uh, uh, the author, 
and the other one is the character that he's created. And uh, so one falls from the sky in his aeroplane, because he's a pilot, as is the narrator in his, in his novel. And the other one falls to the sky on a flock of birds because he is the little prince. Oh, do you know, I collect copies of the little prince. Do you? Bizarrely. I do, and I love yeah. them. I love the I story. Do. I do. Yeah, I mean, it's it is one of my my favorite book. Um, and I just I, there would be so so many if, if if we're carrying on that theme about discussion of love. Really, that that's 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 the little prince in a nutshell. Love and loss, and the importance yes. of what you love. Love, he gets, it gets the reader to understand that there is beauty in loss as well, which is, is yeah. you know close to my my heart, and is you know and is what a man of understanding focuses on as well. Um, so they would, I would be, I would really be interested in hearing, for example, you know, because. Sanic Zupri, being a pilot himself, had crashed in the desert, and yeah. he'd, had, he'd had hallucinations when he was there with a co-pilot. He hadn't, he'd run out of water, feared that he might die, very similar to in The Little Prince. Yeah. Um, and I, I would just wonder whether, when he was having hallucinations at that time, whether he visualized a little boy like yeah. The Little Prince golden-haired, charming boy, but did he, I mean, the, the, a lot of people think that The Little Prince was based um, on um, on his brother, uh, who died uh, as a teenager, and he was his, he, he was his, he, they had a very strong relationship, he was um, um, his confidant, uh, and uh, he, he, he was, he did feel that loss terribly. Um, and he just describes in a letter to somebody that, that how when he, he stayed by his brother's bedside all the time he was dying and he describes how when he fell, he fell uh, like a tree and he describes the same, he describes it similarly when the little prince passes away to go back to his little planet when he's been bitten by the snake and thinks that that's the way to, to return to his planet. So they would have to be there. Um, it would be nice if the little prince brought his rose with him just so that everybody in the world knows that she survived and that it yeah. didn't matter that uh, the narrator had forgotten to draw the strap for the muzzle for the sheep. Uh, oh. so know that every single time we look at the stars and we wonder which star the little prince is on with his and we can hear his lovely laughter. We don't have to turn to sorrow occasionally and think that maybe he's lost his beautiful rose. Um, oh my goodness this is such a beautiful evening that you've created I think it's just it's so warm as well and I just mean the setting but it all just feels like a like a hug you know those conversations where you just feel everybody's going to be talking and you know you'll hear the sound of the sea yes yeah and the, the sheep bleating in the background the odd yeah. saying a word or two so usually, this is where I'd ask if there's anyone who's not welcome to your novel evening. Yes, well, um, I think that I would have to say that Screwtape wouldn't be allowed. That's very his, fair. His hideous nephew, Wormwood. But on the <laughs> other hand, would it be an idea to, to let Screwtape come? Uh, I should say that, 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 that C.S. Lewis also wrote, uh, some years after he'd written the Screwtape letters, he, he, he wrote something um, called Screwtape Proposes a Toast. And it's this screw tape addressing these junior tempters, uh, uh, tempter trainee course. So he, 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 so he, 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 he's a bit more political than in that uh, oh. uh, than he is. Um, but he's very funny. It's, 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 it's well, C.S. Lewis is funny. Let's not call yeah. it. Let's get it right here. But um, so, uh, so uh, I, I think that it might be fun if fun's the right word, might be daring, let's call it that. <laughs> Interesting. Yes, to have, to have um, Screwtape uh, turn up, allow him entrance, allow him to propose his toast, his toast to tempters everywhere, allow him to try and get his, uh, you know, give his reasons for wanting to capture as many souls as he, as he, as they could, as he could possibly eat. And then after he's finished, we could have C.S. Lewis stand up and propose a counter toast to the enemy, God. And we could listen to what C.S. Lewis has to say. 
um, to completely throw out all of Screwtape's arguments and make him feel so small that he has to leave himself. That would be a better way of doing Ooh, it. Oh, I like this. That. Yeah. Uncanny. <laughs> You've you found a loophole in my question and I like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of fun. Honestly, I think this is such a beautiful evening. It's all about conversation. I think you've really thought about how your guests will interact with each other, the conversations they'll be able to have. Raymond Blanc feeding us is always wonderful. So I'll just come <laughs> to the food because I can provide <laughs> nothing to these conversations. <laughs> it's I love it honestly this is a five-star evening from me um, <laughs> and you've set the scene so beautifully and look before I let you go and maybe yeah. capture just a little last bit of the sunshine I'm I'm yeah. almost sat in the dark here so I'm not sure there's a I lot am, left this new little dog and she's black and white uh, I, I can we've only got we only got her at the weekend she's oh. just, but I can only see the white bits they've sat in our little dark hovels now <laughs> dreaming of Mallorca <laughs> but before I let you go I have to ask if you're reading anything at the moment um I'm well I've, I've just started it's not not something new but it's years since I read it and I've just started reading um Anna Karenina again oh I, uh, I just uh you know I I love the characters uh you know uh, and uh, that searching for meaning in life that, that, that yeah. the characters go through and um the reactions to to this 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 love affair uh, and um so I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting into that Oh my goodness. Well, I hope, I hope you get some more glorious summer days yes. so you can sit in your garden with your little dog and get to read <laughs> some of Anna's tale. <laughs> <I'm> hoping. <laughs> and now I can and, go and have some lovely food myself with my lovely husband who's he's patiently awaiting supper. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, for goodness sake, I just want to eat my dinner. <laughs> And look, Diana, thank you so, so much for joining me. This has been such a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. I've oh, and I adored, it. I adored a man of understanding. Uh, it's thank a beautiful you. story. Thank, thank you for joining me. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Dan. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Novel Evening. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed making it. Please remember to go over and rate, subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcasts and check us out on Instagram at A Novel Evening Podcast and over on TikTok under the same name and we'll see you next week. Bye bye.